Welcome to Mountain View Church Audio, coming to you from the Wilderness City, Whitehorse, Yukon. We strive to introduce people to Jesus through scripture, biblical instruction, and prayer with authenticity and vibrancy. You don't need to know anything about the Bible. Just sit back, relax, and let God do the rest. Does calling a funeral a celebration of life make it any more joyful? Does renaming the event uh, make it any less sorrowful? This is the situation that I was in this past weekend when I traveled to Alaska to officiate and speak at a celebration of life for a great friend and mentor who passed away. He had described that at his celebration of life, he wanted balloons instead of flowers. He wanted um, colors instead of everyone dressed in black attire. He wanted his death to be a celebration for a specific reason, of course, which we'll get to. But then as I communicated with the family, I found out that it wasn't so easy. Leading up to the event, they told me they were sad. They were sad at his loss. And truth be told, I was sad. Uh, I struggled that he was gone. He had meant so much to me. He had invested so much into my life and ministry. And yet he wanted it to be joyful. He wanted it to be a celebration. When the event came, there were definitely tears and there was sorrow. But joy and celebration definitely outweighed the tears and sorrow. I was amazed, actually. But as I heard people speak and as I interacted with friends and family members that that knew him best, and even those on the periphery, the joy and celebration wasn't just from honoring his wishes. The joy and celebration stemmed from how most of the people in the room viewed eternity. For them, when heaven was in focus, the next life was in focus, Joy was an option. And this is an important lesson for us today. Galatians 5, 22-25 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. We're in our second week of our series called Cultivate, Character with Spiritual Evidence, focused on the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5. Last week, we celebrated a family Sunday where we had all the kids together and I did a shorter message on the first fruit of the Spirit called love. If you missed that message, you should pause here, go back, get caught up before we move into today, which is the second fruit of the Spirit, joy. This week, we're going to learn how the Holy Spirit cultivates the fruit of joy in our heart, even in times when it's difficult, even when we don't feel like it, even in tough scenarios. And to do that, we're going to look at a passage from Acts 13. Turn to Acts 13. If you don't have a print Bible, you can download a Bible on your mobile device, your tablet, and you can get there. But while you're moving to Acts 13, I want to go through a bit of the background of this passage we're going to read and kind of learning about the joy factor in it. 
You see, uh, before God sent Jesus, the kingdom of heaven belonged to God's chosen people, Israel, or at that time called the Hebrews or Jews. And these people were God's people. And to learn more about it, you can read the entirety of the Old Testament, certain sections. There's lots um, of content there that shows God's faithfulness to his chosen people, Israel, over and over and over again, leading up to the coming Messiah, which is Jesus. To get a quick recap, we talked a lot about it in our last series, Leaving the Wilderness. You can always go to our YouTube channel, social website, mountainviewwhitehorse.ca, and you can catch up on that and learn a lot about God's faithfulness and his chosen people. But then God sent Jesus, the Messiah, the chosen one. And this opens salvation to all people, not just the people of Israel, not just Jewish people, but everyone. Now, at that time, they called them Gentiles is a way of saying non-Jewish people. And at the point of Acts 13 that we're going to look at today, there's two men that were missionaries, great church leaders, Paul and Barnabas. And they've been traveling around the known world, um, speaking to Jewish people, but also now unpacking this Messiah, Jesus, and the kingdom of God, the new kingdom of God, the new availability to all people, to Gentile people, to non-Jewish people. And, and they've been sharing this amazing truth of the gospel. And so let's go to Acts 13, and we're going to pick it up right there. Uh, Acts 13, starting in verse 47. Acts 13, starting in verse 47. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Here we have another situation where joy is the outcome of a negative situation. It doesn't really make sense. We have Paul and Barnabas kicked out of the city, you know, for sharing the gospel, sharing the message of Jesus. And what happens? It says that they're filled with joy. And maybe you're wondering, well, how does that work? What's that all about? Well, for Paul and Barnabas and any other disciples that may have been with them or that heard at that time, when heaven was in focus, joy was an option. When heaven was in their focus, joy was an option. You see, they weren't really focused and concerned about earthly circumstances like being kicked out of a city for sharing Jesus. They were focused on the eternal circumstances that before they left, tons of Gentiles had been brought in the kingdom of God, had believed in Jesus, and were now a part of the church of Christianity. And, and hundreds of people are probably, because of their work in that city, going to go to heaven. And so for Paul and Barnabas, they're looking from the perspective of heaven and looking back, not on their earthly situations, but their heavenly circumstance where it's like the work we did in that city that God permitted, God showed up, the Holy Spirit moved, and people came to know Jesus. 
That's amazing. And yeah, we might be kicked out now because the people don't want us to share the message of Jesus. They don't like the cultural change that's happening. They don't like Christianity spreading. And so they're like, you guys are out. And in that, because maybe they wanted to do more work in the city, they wanted to keep working, keep sharing the gospel. They're like, you know what? Our job's here done. They shake the dust off their feet and say, okay. And they were filled with joy, filled with joy. Now, notice here that the passage stated, filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. This is further evidence of what we discussed last week, that God's Spirit is the one that does the cultivating. The Holy Spirit is involved in this whole process. Like last week, cultivating love. This week, the Holy Spirit and joy are kind of intermixed. This is one of the things that the Holy Spirit brings up. And this is why in this series, we talk about it, we're cultivating and it's, character with spiritual evidence. It's not just about building character like I need to be more joyful and I need to be more loving just to be a good person. No, it's leaning into Jesus ultimately and Jesus' gift of the Holy Spirit when we believe in him, accept him, follow him. And the Holy Spirit is the one as we draw near to him that cultivates these things. The Holy Spirit brings about love. The Holy Spirit brings about joy. And much like I talked about last week that you can't just snap your fingers or flip a switch and say, oh, well, just love someone. You also can't just snap your fingers, flip on a switch to just be joyful. And it, we can't do it on our own. The Holy Spirit needs to do it. We, we ask the Holy Spirit to do it. We lean into the Holy Spirit and he is able to give us joy and help us focus on that heavenly view even when we don't feel like it. The Holy Spirit does the cultivating. The Apostle Paul, one of those missionaries that had been kicked out of the city, uh, a little bit after, he wrote a letter to the church, the, to the Christians in the city of Rome. And he wrote these words that can help us understand this whole concept. In Romans 14, 17, he wrote, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is Paul's way of, again, pointing to heaven. He's trying to have an eternal perspective, a heavenly perspective. If we're able to get on that side, our eternal lives, looking at our earthly lives, we can get a better understanding of what's important. As he says here, you know, eating and drinking. These are earthly things and they're for the body and they're cultivated by human beings. Human beings are the ones that go harvesting either wild food or farming or ranching or, or they're going out to dig a well to get water or find a water source from a lake, a river, stream. These are human things for the earthly uh, things for human bodies. But look at this, he talks about righteousness, peace and joy our keyword for today, these are eternal things and they're for the soul and they're not cultivated by human beings. You can't just bring up righteousness, peace, and you can't just manufacture joy, but these are cultivated by the Holy Spirit. And once we have that heaven in focus, once we have that eternal view, looking back on our lives, it can help us obtain these things, obtain that joy. Once again, we see when heaven is in focus, joy is an option. When heaven is in focus, joy is an option. Now, maybe you're totally new to Christianity. You're just exploring things. You're just watching this video. You're interested in church and faith. You heard a few things about Jesus. You heard maybe about Holy Spirit, God. You're you know, struggling to sort it all out. Well, God eternally exists as three persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. 
And when we give our lives to Jesus, when we accept his forgiveness and the redemption that was given at the cross, when he paid for our sin, we we accept that and we accept that we are sinners and that our sin has now been forgiven, paid for by Jesus, but that Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead and he has uh, conquered sin and death, overcome it, and then through him, we have salvation eternally. And with that, we get the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he ascended to heaven, promising one day to return for those who believe in him. And thankfully, Paul explains some of this as well. He says in, again, that letter to the Romans, Romans 15, 13, he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Okay? God is doing the work, not us. May the God of hope fill you with joy in believing. Do you see that? Joy and peace in believing. Jesus is that starting point. If you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never accepted God's gift of Jesus, that's the starting point. And that's the first place we go to to get that heavenly perspective, to get that view outside of this earthly world so that we can start to get some of that righteousness and peace. And the big one for today, we can start to get that joy. Because when we give our lives to Jesus, he gives us the Holy Spirit living inside of us, our soul and spirit intermixed. And then when our soul is sorrowful, when it's struggling, when it's depressed, the joy of the Spirit, the joy of the Lord is what can be cultivated, can be stirred inside of us. As an example, let's go back uh, to that celebration of life that I was talking about in the intro when I went to Alaska. As I officiated this event, it was so clear that so many people that knew him knew Jesus. And as I considered his life, he was a great follower of Jesus. He was a pastor, a chaplain, an evangelist, and he told everyone he knew about Jesus Christ. He was like Paul and Barnabas everywhere he went, sharing the gospel, sharing the message, the good news of Jesus Christ, that our sins could be forgiven and that we could have eternal life and the gift of the Holy Spirit through Jesus. And so at this celebration of life, I realized almost every person in attendance knew Jesus. And for the few that didn't, they had definitely heard about Jesus numerous times from the man who passed away. And that's the key to why there was so much joy and celebration that overshadowed the tears and the sorrow. It wasn't that they were honoring his wishes. It wasn't that they weren't going to miss him and, and wish he was still alive, but they, they had this understanding that they're just not seeing him for a while, but that they're going to see him again in heaven. And more importantly, the joy of seeing Jesus and their family member that they've lost, all the family members they've lost that belong to Jesus. You see, that truth that those who belong to Jesus, the assurance, the conviction, the confidence that the Holy Spirit cultivates as well, of knowing that we're going to see those lost ones, that we're going to be with Jesus, and it's going to be a celebration greater than anything we could ever experience, that brings joy. That brings joy. And even in times of tears and sorrow, which we were all experiencing on that day and days leading up to it and days after, they were scaled back because we were given through the Spirit 
thoughts and visions of a future in heaven. And it's just such a joyful thought. Now, a caveat. I know you're thinking, so what? I just need to be joyful all the time. The Holy Spirit's never going to let me experience sorrow or difficulty or depression or anxiety and all these other things. What about anger? What about when I just get mad at things? Aren't there things that, that we should feel sad about? Aren't there things that we should be angry about? Like these are natural human emotions. They can't be all for nothing. And that is true. If you're thinking that, that is totally true. You, you can't just eliminate sorrow or anger or sadness and, and just flip the switch to joy. And, and to be honest, the Holy Spirit doesn't always do that. And when we think about this, this is kind of when the Holy Spirit's work really shines through. Because when heaven is in focus, we can actually find out that joy and sorrow can coexist. When heaven is in focus, joy and sorrow can coexist. And this is a really important part as we move into the application. It's not realistic nor biblical to walk around in 100% joy 100% of the time. And if we look at scripture, Jesus himself, fully God, fully man, showed us that there are times of sorrow. He had times of great sadness. I immediately think of when he lost Lazarus and then raised Lazarus from the dead. Sorrow then turned to great joy. But then I also think about Jesus alone with the Father in the garden before he was crucified. That was a time of great sorrow and great fear. As I read those scriptures, it would be awkward to just see Jesus automatically being super joyful, leaping for joy. There, there are these times where sadness and sorrow are needed. And for you, there's going to be situations, right? Your vehicle breaks down, you lose your job, relationships fall apart. Sometimes things just don't work out. We live in a fallen world with fallen things and we're fallen people and sometimes we fall. And when this happens, it can produce a level of sadness, a level of sorrow, maybe even levels of anger. We can get angry sometimes. What do we do with that? In all those situations, the Holy Spirit can provide joy within it. Sometimes, again, not fully removing it, but helping us get an understanding, a future understanding, a heavenly perspective. To help us understand how we do that, a passage that we can lean into was actually written by James, Jesus' younger brother, and he wrote this. In James 1, verses 2 and 3, he wrote, "'Count it all joy, my brothers or sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds.'" For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Please don't hear this flippantly. Don't read this passage and think that James is giving us instruction to just automatically, by our own merit, by our own self-desire, to cultivate joy. Just count it joy whenever you're facing trials. No, it's, it's a process. And, and there's always immediate reactions to tough situations. I feel like I know this more than anyone. I'm a pretty outgoing person, an extrovert. I, by nature, I'm pretty reactive and it's a struggle and I have to kind of hold back a lot of the time to, to pause on my reactions and kind of say, okay, what's really going on here? And maybe you're a little bit like that. And, and certain reactions, either internally or externally, they just come out and, and it's, 
really difficult to just turn it off or turn it on. It doesn't quite work like that. But there is a moment, there is a moment. It's not always easy, it's actually really difficult, but there's a moment there where the anger, the sorrow, the anxiety is welling up and we can pause. We can pause and we can count it joy. And here's how it works. We, when we pause, we think of heaven, the heavenly view. We think of our eternal perspective and thinking back. And we think of a passage like this where the trials of various kinds, all the things we mentioned and many more, that they're testing our faith, which is a good thing. Having our faith tested is great. An easy life does not test our faith. A hard life tests our faith and it produces steadfastness, right? Confidence, um, consistency, endurance, perseverance, this kind of stuff in our lives, which are great, which get us through this earthly life in a, in a better perspective, in a better way, more productive. It's good for us to experience these tough things, but we can still have the joy in that faith, in that perspective. And, and here's what we can do. We can pause and, and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to cultivate that joy in the suffering, in the sadness. It's possible. And it's not always easy to remember, but we can do it. And, and we can experience a joy and a contentment and a peace and a righteousness in the tough time knowing this is good for me. This is testing my faith. This is going to give me steadfastness, endurance, and we're able to overcome it. Now, for you, maybe right now, sorrow has overtaken you. Maybe you're experiencing something really tough, like like the loss of a friend or mentor, like I experienced, maybe a family member. And, and it's tough. It's tough to process those, uh, those emotions. And, and maybe throughout this entire message, you've just been frustrated because you're just like, I don't, I don't want to be joyful. I don't feel like it. I get it. But the Holy Spirit, you see, helps us choose joy, helps us cultivate joy even when we don't feel like it. And maybe all of this is just twisting inside of you. You're just unsettled with the whole thing. Again, this is natural. This is a human reaction you're experiencing. This is totally okay. It's good. But now we need to say, okay, what do I do with it? Do I stick to my earthly perspective? Or do I lean into Jesus, lean into the Holy Spirit and say, okay, Spirit, you're going to have to help me cultivate some joy here. Because I'm feeling like I'm in the pit. I'm struggling. And so there's a situation that causes sadness, anxiety, or maybe even just downright anger inside your heart. To end with today, I want to end with a simple prayer, and you can screenshot it if you want. You can even write it down. And I want to give you this prayer so it can help you in these tough times. And, and normally I have a longer prayer at the end of my message, but today I, I actually just want to read this prayer over all of us. It's a shorter prayer, but it's very focused. Um, a lot of times when I pray, uh, I pray and address God, the Father, uh, the provider, the protector, which is good. Today, we're actually going to pray to the Holy Spirit, ask him to cultivate for us, which is all good because God is eternally three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We always end our prayer in Jesus' name as scripture outlines we should, and we'll do that. But I want to offer this prayer. We're going to pray it together. Maybe you want to say it out loud with me. Uh, I'm going to put it on the screen and you can read it and pray through it. Together we can do that. 
And again, write it down in a prayer journal, screenshot it, make it your home screen on your phone, whatever you need in this time of sorrow and trial and difficulty. And just kind of have it there. Maybe print it out, put it on your fridge, put it somewhere so you can pray through this. And so that the Holy Spirit can start to cultivate joy even in the sorrow, even when you don't feel like it. He's going to help us get heaven in focus so that joy is an option. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I am facing a trial. You know that I am experiencing sorrow and anger. I know that this trial is good for me because it's testing my faith. Please help me focus on heaven so that joy is an option. Please cultivate joy in my heart throughout this trial. Ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before you go, hopefully you're with someone right now watching this. That'd be great. If not, you can always interact with people online in the comment stream. But we're going to have a time of prayer. Sometimes we end with discussion questions, but today we're going to have a time of prayer. And here's how it's going to work. With the people around you or maybe online, if you feel comfortable, you're going to share a trial that you're facing. Maybe it's a little one, maybe it's a big one. Which trial is causing you sorrow, sadness, anger, frustration, anxiety, depression, loneliness? What is that trial you're going through? It's part of the human experience, the earthly experience. So share that. And then after everyone's kind of shared their trial, take some time to pray for those trials and pray that the Holy Spirit would cultivate some joy and pray for each other. All right, we're going to see you next week. Uh, over the next two weeks, we're actually going to have our pastoral apprentices uh, do some sermons. And so back to back, uh, Aaron and Elijah, it should be really great. And then I'm going to be back in finishing up the series. It should be good trying to get those guys some preaching time as they learn and grow as pastors. They're doing an amazing job. So thankful for them. And I'm sure you're going to enjoy that. I know I'm going to enjoy it as well. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the one that does the cultivation. Don't try to do it on your own. Lean into the Holy Spirit and then you will see that your character will develop and it will be spiritual evidence, not self-evidence, spiritual, Holy Spirit evidence. Have a great week. We'll see you again. Thanks for listening to Mountain View Church Audio. If you have given your life to Jesus today or would like to join, serve, or support Mountain View Church, please let us know. Email connect at mountainviewwhitehorse.ca. That's connect at mountainviewwhitehorse.ca. Lastly, feel free to connect with us through social. Just search at Mountain View Whitehorse. Have a blessed week.